Um, this, uh, as this um, title suggests, this is about um, uh, women um, exploring the uh, increasingly important role played by women as everyday consumers in post-war Japan, um, focusing on their consumption of household and kitchen appliances, but specifically uh, the automated electric rice cooker. Um, and this paper is based on a chapter that's just come out in this book just before Christmas, The Historical Consumer, Consumption and Everyday Life in Japan, 1850, I think it is, 1860 to 2000, um, edited by Penelope Franks and Janet Hunter. So um, I would I very much welcome comments and questions at the end, although I'm kind of have done with it now because I have put it in this um, book, but I, I, I may do some more work, I'm not sure. Um, so first of all, um, consumption in Japan, as in other countries, can be defined as a gendered activity and in particular re uh, relates to the rise of the homemaker or housewife role for women within the bread, uh, breadwinner homemaker model. Research done on gender and consumption in other countries, particularly in the US and Europe, has strongly suggested that the answer lies in the relationship between production and consumption. So with the separation of home and work in many countries' industrial development um, came a gendered division of labour. Men's roles and responsibilities became defined by the public domain and by productive or economic work, while women's roles and responsibilities became primarily defined by the private domain, the domestic domain, and by so-called non-work activities, um, mainly comprising housework, child-rearing, maintaining family life, leisure, and consumption. Uh, this development has some earlier origins in Japan, but has occurred particularly in Japan from the 1950s onwards. Uh, so why have I chosen the rice cooker to focus on? Um, the electric rice cooker um, is a kitchen appliance developed by Japanese manufacturers that was, at the time I'm about to talk about, unique to the Japanese manufacturing sector and to the Japanese domestic market. Um, it then rapidly became both an important domestic product as well as widely exported to and adapted within the Asian market, particularly in the post-war decades. Um, there is another book recently been written in 2009 by a Japanese academic um, out of the Hong Kong University, and she has written a book called... Um, where there are Asians, there are rice cookers. And she's talked about this growth of the rice cooker going abroad and, and its expansion in East Asia and Southeast Asia and the adaption of the rice cooker. Um, but what I'm concentrating on is just the domestic story because she's already done that sort of outward story. Um, so um, I've focused on the Japanese market alone and suggesting that the development and impact of the electric rice cooker during these early years can be used as a key example of the rise of everyday household appliances within the history of gender and consumption in Japan. But also I'd like to suggest that it had a very important impact on women's roles both within and outside the home. I wish to also show in this paper that the rice cooker was in many ways a very uh, humble product, a very minor, small product, but is one that was actually quite revolutionary. So there were three key aims that I had in the, in the chapter that I've published. Um, and these are the three aims, and I'm going to talk about each one briefly in this paper today. So the first one was to tell the story of how the electric, automatic electric bicycle came about, the development, the production, um, the invention of it, the development, production, and, the, and then the consumption of this electric rice cooker appliance. 
And then the second part of the paper is using that appliance as a case study, put it into a broader perspective and examine the consumption of everyday household uh, and kitchen appliances within this gendered context in post-war Japan. And then the third part of the paper is to explore the gender element, explore the role played by Japanese women and their role, particularly their role as housewives. We're talking about their role as housewives primarily here. Um, housewives as key consumers of appliances, kitchen and household appliances in Japan, and more broadly, um, which I won't go into too much detail today, but more broadly them as a gendered consumer group in these decades. So um, that was the three key aims of the, the paper. So I'll, I'll talk about the first one first, the origins of this, this product and the development story. Um, the year 1955 is, is quite... Uh, a key year in Japanese history. Um, it was the birth of the so-called 1955 political system when the LDP was established and remained in power right up until the 90s. It was also the year when Japanese economy regained its pre-war levels of national income and from that point launched into what we now call the high growth um, era. But less well known is that it was the year that the first automatic electric rice cooker uh, was launched, and Toshiba's 1955 ER4 automated. And the key, the key emphasis is the automated, as you'll see, electric rice cooker. So um, our story starts a little bit before that. I'm going to tell you the origins of it, but it, it comes onto the market for the first time in 1955. Um, now, before I do that, um, I probably don't need to explain to this audience the significance of rice in the Japanese diet and cuisine, except I want to emphasize that it is the very importance of rice that led to the development of this particular household um, electrical appliance. Rice was, of, uh, rice was still viewed as the staple food, even during wartime and in, the, and in the immediate aftermath of World War II, when it was in scarce supply and actually much of the Japanese population weren't unable to eat it on a daily basis. Um, after the war, the entire rice crop of Japan was, at least in theory, controlled by the food agency and was marketed at controlled prices by state-authorized dealers. However, it is acknowledged that Japanese consumers at this time commonly used black market channels to buy food, including rice and other basic commodities. And Penny Franks, in her recent book on consumption, comments that it primarily fell upon women to undertake the everyday struggle of feeding and clothing their families under the challenges posed by post-war shortages. And she suggests that this helped to validate their role, their, their important role in the early post-war years as household managers and the controllers of consumption and, and consuming for the family. Um, over time, particularly from the mid-1960s, there is some diversification in the Japanese diet um, involving, of course, the inclusion of Western-style ingredients in food, um, notably, for example, the consumption of bread for breakfast, which in this context is convenient for women to make toast in their new electrical toasters that they are buying as well, uh, sandwiches for lunch, etc. However, we can say that the format of rice plus side dishes um, still remained the central normal pattern for the majority of proper meals consumed by the Japanese household during the, the post-war decades. So rice remained um, not only central to the Japanese diet, but rice was central to the image of the Japanese housewife as well. Um, it's significant that the Japanese Housewives Association, or Shifuren, um, which was established in 1948 and is probably the most important consumer, one of the most important consumer groups in post-war Japan, adopted the rice paddle or shamoji as their 
as their symbol. This is their, their symbol that they still use today of carrying the, the shamoji marching along. Now, rice, of course, had long been cooked in Japan. Um, the way of cooking it was to use kamado, which were um, earthenware cooking pots uh, placed directly over open fires, sometimes outside, sometimes within the kitchen itself. Um, um, and later, um, kamados were used over gas hobs as well. But cooking rice in kamados involved much skill, some mystique, and even confirmed a woman's ability or capacity as a good wife. Uh, the use of electricity to cook rice was first experimented with at the end of the Taisho era, so mid-1920s, uh, but these initial attempts at electric rice cookers were described as simple tubs with heating coils attached. This is one that Sonny uh, invented at the time. You can see it's a wooden tub with these sort of electric coils at the bottom of it. In the, by the late 1940s, um, several companies, Mitsubishi Electric, Matsushita and Sony, had all produced these types of um, electric rice cookers that were these simple pots with heating coils inside. However, like the use of the traditional kamado, these were still very labour-intensive. They still required total attention while you were cooking. They still required standing there stirring, and they were particularly prone to burning the rice at the bottom, as you can uh, imagine. So these early electric rice cookers were not great success stories. They weren't great products on the market. And the use of the more traditional kamado uh, over fires, but also over gas hobs, was, more, was still prevalent. So um, what I try to show in this paper is how both the importance of rice and the association of women uh, with the cooking of rice conditioned uh, the development of this very innovative product at the time and why I believe it's so important among, among all the household electrical appliances that were being produced in Japan at this time. So I'm now going to go on to tell you how it came about. Um, it's quite a uh, fun story, shall we say. Um, Toshiba, who you may have all heard of, was the first company to develop the automated electric rice cooker. Though other companies, um, including Matsushita, who's now Panasonic, Sanyo and Hitachi, soon followed with their own models onto the market. The company Toshiba records that it took on the challenge of developing the electric rice cooker around 1950. Quote, certain that Japan would fully enter the era of the electric home appliances in the near future. Unquote. Now, I'm going to go back to this quote in a, in a minute. This is from their records, saying that they thought about this in 1950. Uh, one of their employees, a man called Shogo Yamada, uh, who was then the uh, development department manager in their home appliances division, uh, took the lead in the development of this electric rice cooker. Um, this development story has actually been captured in one episode of the um, NHK Project X Challenger series. Um, and so I, I'm going to tell the story of how the rice cooker came about. I use this documentary as a source. I also use source material from Toshiba, and I also used uh, interviews with Toshiba personnel as well to try and pull together the stories of the origins of the development of this product. Um, for those of you who may not know, the Project X Challenger series was a weekly documentary series in Japan. There were, in total, there were 177 episodes aired on, on Japanese television between March 2000 and 2005, and it was a series that documented post-war technological innovations in Japan. A very highly popular series in terms of ratings, one of the highest rating shows ever on there. Um, a lot of it is, you have to pull bits out of it, a lot of it is very sort of tugging at the heartstrings for the Japanese viewers, you know, sort of really 
um, iconizing the salary man culture, but it is meticulously researched by NHK and it is quite a very good source of, of material business and product history as well. Um, so I use it as one of my sources. Um, in this program, the development of the rice cooker is told as a story of the silver-tongued salesman from Toshiba, Yamada, um, who collaborated with a man called Yoshitada Minami, who was the manager of a small family-run neighborhood factory uh, in the Ota ward of Tokyo, which was on the brink of bankruptcy. So together with Toshiba's Yamada, um, this man Minami, his wife, and their six children... Um, turned their family home into uh, basically a laboratory to help develop the first electric rice cooker for Toshiba and for the Japanese market. Um, And this development is described several times in this program, but also in Toshiba later documentation, as, quote, a revolution for the Japanese kitchen. Um, So the NHK story starts in 1951. It starts with Allied occupation troops and their families beginning to pull out of Japan. Um, The program records that the Americans living in Japan were rich and they'd been ordering a lot of appliances such as washing machines and refrigerators from Japanese producers while living in Japan. And so their withdrawal was a big blow to small neighbourhood factories who were subcontracting to the larger manufacturers at the time. And indeed, Minami's small factory um, had been in the business of supplying electric water heaters um, to the occupying forces. But the withdrawal of of troops had stopped orders, his production line had been halted, creditors were calling on the family, and they faced um, hardship and and imminent bankruptcy, potentially. Now, Toshiba's Yamada is introduced into this story as a famous salesman, famous salesman, who entertained audiences with his self-made kamishibai paper card theatre around Shinbashi Station in Tokyo. And what he was doing is he was demonstrating and selling washing machines because Toshiba had already launched the electric washing machine. And in his demonstrations, he was telling housewives that they were washing by hand the weight of an elephant each year in laundry. And he was also touring the country on behalf of Toshiba, um, speaking to housewives all over Japan, um, trying to get them to buy Toshiba's new electric uh, washing machine. But when he was doing this, um, housewives were saying to him that actually it wasn't laundry, it was, um, it was cooking rice that was actually their hardest chore, and it was a daily chore. And they described how they began their day at 5 o'clock in the morning, sitting in front of their kamado, many of them fire-burning kamado, particularly in the rural areas that he was visiting. Um, if they couldn't control the fire properly, they said they were looked upon as a failed housewife. They said they didn't have enough sleep because they had to get up early, they had to cook rice three times a day. Um, and so, it, and that took three hours each day. It was an hour each time to cook the rice. So it was three hours of their time was taking up every day cooking rice. So um, doing this, trying to sell the washing machine, Yamada came up with the idea of perhaps working on an electric rice cooker, but one that was automated. Because all of the electric rice cookers, you still had to stand there and stir, and so it was still the same as standing at a kamado, essentially. Uh, Now, according to the NHK story, um, his superiors at Toshiba were not in favour of this idea. Now, of course, this this goes against the quote I just said before, where they say in 1950 that they they realise, you know, that they're certain of this 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 appliance era is going to come, and therefore they're working on the the rice cooker. Of course, it's very nice to rewrite history once you've got a successful product later on. So there is some some different uh, reporting going on there. 
But certainly, um, if this was the case, there were already alternatives, as I said, to the Kamado on the market, these electric coil rice cookers, and also um, rice cooking pots for use on gas hobs. And certainly other leading manufacturers, Mitsubishi and Matsushita, had already failed in their attempts to develop an electric rice cooker that would work automatically. This is the key, it's the automatic function. It's also recorded in this um, NHK documentary that Yamada's superiors were somewhat chauvinistically of the opinion that if a woman wanted to sleep rather than cook rice, then she was a failure as a wife anyway. And in any event, they reportedly didn't authorise him with the development budget to go ahead with this. Um, but one day, uh, subsequently, Minami came to Toshiba um, looking for whatever work he could get in terms of subcontracting to Toshiba to keep his factory going. And when Yamada heard that his factory had produced electric water heaters and had extensive knowledge of heating systems, he suggested to him that he try and develop an, an automatic electric rice cooker. Minami reportedly hesitated at first because he had no knowledge of rice cookers. However, he thought it might offer an opportunity to get out of his difficult situation. And when he got home, he asked his wife Fumiko, obviously as the key cooker of rice in the household, to try and help him develop it. Um, he borrowed money for the project using his house's security, so he didn't get a, he didn't get a budget from Toshiba initially. And then they began this development at the Minami household in 1953. They, um, it's recorded that they started developing um, this idea of an electric rice cooker. So this documentary continues with very lengthy explanations of Fumi Cole, his wife's attempts to research heat levels, temperature changes, um, to research the successful cooking of rice from a scientific point of view. She sat for hours in front of her fire-burning kamado researching this and then turned to experimenting with existing non-automatic electric rice cookers and trying to solve the biggest challenge of all, when and how to adjust the temperature of the rice cooker so that the rice would not burn, what time do you turn it off, and um, how do you create a cooker that not only cooks rice successfully at the perfect time, the perfect temperature, but how do you make it so that it will switch off automatically after the desired 20 minutes of boiling time, because they establish it needs 20 minutes of boiling time, and then the, the switch should go off. Um, incidentally, the program records that they, they um, had so much trial and error experiments that they needed literally a ton of rice, which they managed to acquire through a contact on the black market to get enough rice for them to carry out these um, experiments at the time. Um, Yamada and a technician from to Toshiba then did assist with the project. Um, they supplied them with a, a bimetal strip, um, and bimetal which could bend at a certain temperature with high temperature. And so basically this led to a successful design. At the moment when the rice cooker heated up enough for the bimetal strip to bend, the bending of the strip cut the switch on the, the cooker and the cooker automatically turned off. So that was the simple sort of technology behind it. However, Toshiba's Yamada then suggested to them that they needed to make sure that this rice cooker would work in any climate. It had to work in the cold winter of Hokkaido and in the hot summer of Kyushu. And so Fumiko tested the cooker for endurance over a period of many months, experimenting outside on chilly winter mornings, on the roof of the family house in the scorching sun, next to a steaming bathroom, and even inside a kotatsu. She put the rice um, cooker inside a kotatsu. Um, tests under hot conditions were very successful. The rice cooker was actually absolutely fine. But when it was um, used in cold conditions, it always failed. The switch never went off because the heat escaped too fast from the cooker and therefore it wouldn't flick uh, the switch. 
So uh, her husband Minami tried making many prototypes of cooker using different types of aluminium and gas, but the heat always escaped from the cooker. Fumiko became so ill, reportedly testing the prototypes in cold winter weather, that by 1955 the whole family, including the six children, were now pitching in helping with these prototype experiments. And Chikashi, the third son in the family, comments in the NHK program on his mother's passion for the development. He says, quote, My mother used to say, if we succeed with this development, Japanese women will not need to cook rice three times a day. They could do something else for three hours a day. In the case of an automatic rice cooker, they could even go out to work as men do, unquote. Uh, Minami was rather despondent by 1955 because the heat escaped from the cooker every time it was used in cold weather and he was pretty much on the financial brink of losing his house and his factory. So following a sort of desperate meeting with Toshiba and Yamada, um, Yamada commented how he had seen cooking pots used in Hokkaido during winter covered with tin and asbestos to keep the heat in. And so in a final attempt, Minami and one of his sons thought it might be possible uh, to cover the cooker with a triple-layered iron um, exterior. So they created this final prototype, and they tested it in an ice warehouse where the temperature was minus 10 degrees, and finally it was a success. Uh, so two, pretty much two years of the family trying to get this, this rice cooker right. Um, the NHK program and Toshiba documentation records this moment in 1955 in the, in the ice warehouse as, quote, the birth of the world's first uh, automatic electric rice cooker. Um, Toshiba then set about selling the rice cooker. Yamada, the salesman, took this first rice cooker to the northeast regions of Japan first, um, determined to sell the product after what he saw as the huge personal sacrifices of the Minami family and him putting himself behind the project. Um, he attempted to sell the convenience of the product to housewives in this region, um, but their response was initially rather slow. The product um, was priced at 3,200 yen, um, and Toshiba records state that around that time an average basic monthly salary was around 10,000 yen. So this was around one-third of monthly income. Housewives said that this was too expensive um, and that they could cook rice in the old way, even though it was very time-consuming. And then uh, Yamada demonstrated the cooker to them, uh, by cooking takikomi gohan, which is rice mixed with soy sauce, which is very difficult to cook with traditional um, kamado cooking because the soy sauce is very prone to burning. Uh, burning. Um, so you have to stir it even more and keep an eye on it more than you would just cooking normal rice. So he demonstrated the rice cooker. He showed them how easy it was to just flip the switch on, go away and come back and have perfectly steamed rice. But reportedly it was when he put the takikomi gohan in there, when he put soy sauce in there as well, went away and came back and still it was not burnt and produced this perfect takikomi gohan. That was the clincher on the deal. Many These demonstrations were very, um, housewives were very surprised by this and applauded these types of demonstrations. So Toshiba, after receiving Yamada's reports on his demonstrations and growing interest in the rice cooker, they manufactured um, 700 completed units initially and they launched it on the 10th of December 1955. They launched it onto the um, market. Two years after the launch, Minami's factory was now operating three shifts, day and night, um, and his small factory alone had produced more than 10,000 rice cookers for Toshiba. And after four years, uh, Toshiba recorded that they'd sold a total of 12.35 million uh, units, and that approximately, nearly, uh, sorry, approximately half of all Japanese households now had 
um, an electric rice cooker, so quite a fast diffusion rate. So I therefore suggest that the electric rice cooker quickly became an essential and ubiquitous item in the um, Japanese household. Um, it's perhaps of little surprise that women uh, were, or rather housewives, were viewed as the key target consumers uh, for the new electric rice cooker. As housewives, they were correctly assumed to be the ones who would be using the product, the, the person who does make the rice and cooks the rice in the Japanese household, and therefore most likely be the ones also making the decision on whether to buy such an item as well. But certainly the use of images of the modern Japanese woman or housewife was widely used by companies including Toshiba marketing um, the rice cooker as well as other kitchen and household appliances at the time. Um, and at this time, of course, uh, this is a way of targeting uh, the product towards these key female consumers. And this illustration shows a modern-looking Japanese woman opening the lid of the first Toshiba electric rice cooker in their official advertising that they used after 1955. Also, um, uh, documentation from Toshiba also records the launch of their first rice cooker, this model, with several um, interesting slogans that they attach to it. Uh, the first is Kamado no ban kara shifu o releasing housewives from the vigil of the kamado. Hajimari wa shifu tachi ni suimin jikano, giving housewives time for a sleep or nap. And switch hitotsu de, dare ni demo, kantan ni gohan ga takeru. With one switch, uh, anyone can easily cook rice. The three slogans can be said to all have varying uh, suggestions and implications. The first one is fairly uh, obvious. The liberation of housewives from the task of standing or squatting at the kamado, constantly keeping an eye on, eye on the fire and, and constantly stirring and keeping an eye on the cooking of the rice, clearly suggests a reduction in burden for Japanese women or particularly housewives. Um, the second slogan suggests that Japanese women can now gain more sleep, uh, probably in the morning instead of getting up at 5 o'clock to um, cook the rice, or perhaps even the opportunity for a catnap during the day or while the rice for the evening meal is bubbling. Though it doesn't go so far as to suggest that they can do anything more productive than sleep. It doesn't suggest they can go out to work, for example. Um, the third slogan is more subtle, suggesting that anyone, and by implication not just housewives, can now easily perform the task of cooking rice, uh, though it doesn't go so far as to suggest who these others might be. It probably does not mean at this point in Japanese history that rice cooking can now be a man's job too. I don't think Toshiba had that idea at all. Uh, rather, that any, any housewife can now produce perfectly steamed rice and no longer needed to acquire this skill, for example, from her mother-in-law, and probably no longer be you know, unfavorably compared to her as well. So anybody could just do it by flicking the switch and uh, walking away from the rice cooker. In terms of selling the new rice cooker, um, Toshiba interestingly records that at first dealers were not interested in the product, 
Um, so Toshiba developed a new sales route by enlisting the help and networks of electric power companies um, to help them distribute the new rice cooker. This time in Japan, there was uh, surplus electricity, um, and so power companies were trying to sell electricity, and they, and they thought their networks would be good for selling electrical appliances like the rice cooker as well. And so their role was also to, was to use their networks and their salespeople to help um, help Toshiba win over the trust of consumers. Consumers were very suspicious of the failure of earlier electric rice cookers like the Sony model that I showed you in the late 40s. In those early days as well, Toshiba employees and other companies as well, they sent their employees from home to home. They went knocking on doors to demonstrate this first automatic model, primarily to housewives. They also held public cooking demonstrations in new urban apartment complexes during the late 50s. Um, and Toshiba also recorded that they held demonstration sales in department stores as well. Um, and this picture is, um, these three photographs show the new Toshiba model on sale in a Japanese department store. Um, you can see a, a woman is, is helping to sell it, and there are women and men both looking at this particular um, model. Um, from the 1960s, the key channel for the sale of the rice cooker was Toshiba franchised mom-and-pop electric stores, so small, small appliance stores operated by families but franchised to Toshiba to sell all of Toshiba products. Um, but since the 90s, these kind of small shops have become, been less um, the sales route. Now the main sales route is through larger electrical stores not attached to any one company and, of course, more recently online sales as well. Um, other leading manufacturers quickly followed um, Toshiba's suit and launched their own similar models onto the um, market. Uh, much uh, Panasonic describes 1956, the year they produced their first electric rice cooker, as, as the beginning of the home appliance, uh, sorry, home appliance era. In this picture from Matsuda, um, a modern Japanese family is depicted in 1959, showing them surrounded by modern household appliances, um, including their own version of the first rice cooker, the Panasonic's SR18 automatic electric rice cooker in the front right there. Um, and Panasonic commented that, and I quote, the electric automatic rice cooker streamlined housework, causing a sudden increase in demand for automatic rice cookers, unlike that for any other home appliance, which led to what we called the rice cooker boom of 1957. Um, this is also a picture of Sanyo advertising their model at, uh, at the same time, and you can't really read it there, but they're also talking about with one switch you can cook perfectly steamed rice. So this, uh, this whole concept of just a flick of a switch, you can now cook your perfectly steamed rice, was the, obviously a big marketing and advertising point. Um, just as a point of fun interest, um, Japan's probably Japan's most famous housewife, Sazai-san, um, started using the rice cooker, automatic rice cooker in 1960. I couldn't find a picture of her using a rice cooker, unfortunately, but I did find a, a report that said that the rice cooker first appeared in Sazai's comic strip in 19, on a date in 1960. Previous to that, she and the, the mother had always cooked on the kamado. Um, so, um, as one Japanese academic has commented, Sazai-san can be used as a lens through which to view the post-war life of ordinary Japanese at this time. So again, this would help with my suggestion that the automatic electric rice cooker had become an essential everyday item uh, in, the Japanese, in, in your average Japanese home four years after its product launch. 
Now, it's important to place the development and consumption of the rice cooker within the context um, of a broader picture um, on the consumption of electric household appliances more broadly, particularly the growth seen in this market from the 1950s onwards. Um, The production of electrical household and kitchen appliances in post-war Japan was, needless to say, a significant sector of the Japanese economy. The large domestic market was important, not least because it was a rapidly growing and large consumer market, growing affluence of people able to buy these appliances, but because it also provided a place for Japanese manufacturers and producers to test their new technologies and their new products and appliances and enhance their designs on the domestic market before they went abroad to export markets. And in the case of household appliances and the rice cooker particularly, they went quite quickly into other the East Asian and the Southeast Asian um, markets. While numerous studies have been done on the rise of Japanese electrical appliances uh, and production, few, if any, have focused on the production and demand for the Japanese electric rice cooker itself. Um, I would like to suggest that the electric rice cooker rapidly became an important product for people's everyday lives, particularly women's lives, and yet has somewhat been t- uh, taken for granted or overlooked in the, in the historiography on household appliances more broadly. In fact, we can say that it was greatly overshadowed um, by the so-called three sacred treasures appliances. The television, the washing machine, and the refrigerator were all known as the three sacred treasures of the 1950s, all launched around the same time um, that were considered the true icons of modern Japanese living. These three sacred treasure appliances were no doubt more exciting in terms of their physical impact their uh, arrival, their impact, their size and presence in the Japanese house, particularly the television, of course, a very exciting uh, impact into the Japanese house. And indeed, we might view them as the overshadowing big brothers of the rice cooker, which was by comparison, you know, a much smaller appliance and was also viewed as a more minor or humble appliance targeted at housewives or, as recorded in in the documentation, oksan yohin, for the use by, by wives, women. Um, Interestingly, and rather frustrating for me when I was trying to research this, um, data on electric rice cooker production and consumption prior to 1985 is left out of um, all the statistics accumulated and produced by METI, the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry, and the Japan Statistics Bureau. And this is not the case for other household appliances, such as TVs, washing machines, refrigerators, vacuum cleaners, toasters, irons, sewing machines, and even kotatsu. All of those products are included in the time series data from the late 1940s, early 50s onwards. Uh, But electric rice cookers are not. Uh, When I mentioned this emission to a contact at Toshiba, he was rather surprised. And when I asked why he thought the data was not recorded, um, he suggested that maybe it was because it was a woman's product. That's just an informal conversation, but it's interesting, his response. I did try to contact METI and find out why they hadn't included this particular product in all their time series data on home appliances, um, but they were unable to comment on why that had happened, unfortunately. Um, But even without locating this aggregate data, it can be suggested based on individual company data that the rice cooker was the most significant appliance on the domestic market at this time in terms of volume of units being produced and consumed and the diffusion rates at the time, and not the TV as is portrayed in the existing data and literature on home appliances. Um, The rise of um, household appliances um, also needs to be placed within the context of the Japanese home and the Japanese kitchen as well. And I'm just going to 
give a brief history of that. Um, the Japanese kitchen, or daidokoro, has long been an important centre of the Japanese household. Um, Jordan Sand suggests that over time the kitchen evolved to become, quote, the housewife's laboratory, a place where Japanese women were expected not just to cook, but to participate, uh, to, sorry, to practice the new field of home economics, focusing on such issues as nutrition, hygiene and budgets. Um, another academic, Simon pa Partner, comments that kitchens in much of rural Japan were, quote, miserable places until the late 1950s, unquote, where Japanese women had to squat on earth floors to do most of the food preparation. And he notes that campaigns to improve kitchens, but particularly rural kitchens, were part of a broader lifestyle improvement process in Japan around this time. Um, the use of gas for cooking dates back to around 1904. Um, and by 1925, um, set kitchens with built-in kitchen units that included a gas hob were starting to be on the market. But it's really from the 1950s when new urban housing complexes are being built in Japan, which include a dining kitchen area, commonly known as DK. Um, it's around that time that set kitchens really take off. Um, so kitchens come with these set kitchens in sparkling stainless steel that include a gas cooker, a kitchen counter, and a sink, all arranged in a linear design. Uh, this is a, a photo from one of these DK Dunchy apartments in the late 1950s. And so into these new DK spaces, now common electrical appliances began to be incorporated and, and bought into the space from the mid-50s. The electric toaster, the electric refrigerator, the electric washing machine, the electric vacuum cleaner, the television, and of course our electric rice cooker. And if you look very closely here, I think you can see an electric rice cooker just sitting there on the bench. I'm not sure if it's Toshiba's model or one of the other models, but it's certainly a very early uh, model. Um, and also the other, another very Japanese product, the electric vacuum jug for storing hot, uh, for storing and dispensing hot water, the popdo for making green tea. At this time, the modish slogan of "My Homu, My Home," was being used by um, advertisers to boost the consumption of such products, and the targeting of women as consumers of household appliances was key to this. Um, it's being recorded that men sometimes got involved. Men were quite keen to get involved if it was the purchase of a car, for example. Um, but particularly, they liked to get involved if it was the purchase of a TV and also even the fridge because they're thinking about keeping their beer in the fridge. That was quite a nice um, purchase. But it was mainly women who were the key consumers and, and behind the purchase decision to buy things like the washing machine, vacuum cleaners, toasters, sewing machines, and, and rice cookers. So small everyday household appliances were mainly targeted and bought by, by women. Um, Japanese women have come to be associated with a high level of uh, consumer awareness and consumer behaviour in post-war Japan, so trying to bring the, them as a group of consumers into the paper. Um, housewives in particular have had two important roles in the post-war decades in Japan. The first role is the key holders of the purse strings within the Japanese household. Um, and second is key players within community consumer groups. Notably, as I said, Japan's Shifu-ren, or Housewives Association, has played a substantial role in leading Japan's post-war consumer movement since its inception in 1948. Um, essentially charged with bringing the Japanese government and producers to task over consumer concerns during its history, the prominence of housewives demonstrates that um, gender is an indeed an important influencing factor in Japanese consumption history. 
Japanese women, particularly housewives, were increasingly seen as knowledgeable and responsible consumers, aware of environmental issues, strong players in the development of consumer rights in Japanese history, and an active or identifiable consumer group in the domestic market themselves. From the 1970s, if we look at marketing and advertising, Japanese female consumers start to fall into two distinct categories. Working women, who are predominantly young, single, unmarried women, and housewives, a much larger group, uh, mainly older married women, um, who are tagged as housewives even if they may work part-time, but their primary role as, primary role as shufu or housewives. Consumption patterns and choices for Japanese women were no doubt strongly influenced by the Japanese living environment and by the setup of the Japanese home. While demand for foreign or international products, particularly in terms of leisure, food and fashion, including luxury brands, did grow over time during these post-war decades, it's also true that such products had to compete in terms of price and quality with the forceful domestic market. Um, in 1978, when the Japan Market Research Bureau polled over 1,000 women in the Tokyo-Yokohama area, only 15% of women agreed with their statement that most foreign products are better quality than Japanese ones. Moreover, consumer products had to demonstrate that they were appropriate or could be absorbed into the Japanese lifestyle and home. Um, in order to meet the needs of the Japanese family, consumption of Western-style goods did not necessarily equate to Western size or Western taste. As Japanese homes and rooms were smaller than in the West and were often, often used as multi-purpose rooms, the need for flexibility, compactness and durability was noted. So Japanese kitchens could not usually accommodate Western-sized refrigerators or ovens, um, meaning that smaller domestically produced products could dominate the market. Domestically produced electric rice cookers offered Japanese women the opportunity to cook the staple product of rice in an efficient and compact appliance. Not only do electric rice cookers take up little space in the Japanese kitchen, but they can also be easily transported from one, one space to another in the household for serving purposes. So you can take them from the kitchen into where you're sitting um, and, and serve the rice directly from the rice cooker. Um, in the broader research on the development and diffusion of household appliances, um, Household appliances have been identified as falling into two distinct classifications. One is time-saving goods, those which reduce the time required to perform household tasks, e.g. washing machines, vacuum cleaners, and clearly electric rice cookers also falls into this category. The other category is time-using goods, which require the use of discretionary time, for example, radios and TVs. So following on from this, a basic question I can therefore ask is, did the real attraction of the rice cooker as a consumer good lay in its time-saving function or in its potential to enhance the housewife's role in the context of post-war modern urban life? In other words, were appliances like the electric rice cooker really time-saving to the extent that they were freeing up time for Japanese women to spend on other activities in their lives, such as leisure activities or paid employment, or were time-saving appliances such as rice cookers simply enabling Japanese women to divert their attention to other housework or indeed helping them to further create or establish an image of the modern Japanese housewife and the modern Japanese home? For example, were they simply able to devote more time to uh, side dishes or more side dishes that would, that would accompany their perfectly steamed rice? As we know, the 50s and 60s was the era of the new middle-class family, with Japanese women taking the central role of housewife 
And within this role, establishing themselves as the key arbiter of the new urban household's image, taste, fashion and consumption. Department stores and other stores sold new household appliances which aimed to rationalise housework and project the housewife as a household expert and domestic manager. For Japanese housewives in particular in Japan, the production of perfect rice was important enough to require an appliance in its own right. Uh, what's interesting when you look at the work that's come out of the other author is that when the rice cooker goes abroad, it's used for much more than just cooking rice. Whereas Japanese women prefer only to cook rice in their rice cookers. They don't want their rice cookers to be used for anything else. Whereas abroad, a multi-use appliance is seen as much more preferable than just one that will cook one product. But that's not the case in Japan. Um, so is it just for enhancing their role as housewives? However, it is certainly possible to also argue, as Fumiko suggested to her son while she was trying to assist in developing this product, that key appliances, including the rice cooker, at the very least could help to free housewives from formerly time-consuming daily routines and thereby enable them to enter paid part-time employment, as we know many of them increasingly did from the 1960s. So uh, with these key uh, ideas in mind, in other words, the role of the rice cooker in liberating women from previously onerous household tasks, thereby potentially allowing them to go out to work, um, and also just as a way of getting the uh, consumer pers perspective or voice of women more firmly into this paper, um, I conducted this, my own survey on uh, rice cookers as an appliance. Um, it's, clearly, it's not a, it was not a comprehensive survey in terms of volume of respondents. I ended up with 135 usable responses that I could collate, um, nor is it conclusively representative of the Japanese domestic market for this product. But the way I've used the survey and the responses in this paper is to contribute to and further flavour some of the issues explored in this paper, particularly the key issue of gender, women as the key consumers of this particular product, the electric rice cooker, and what it, what it means for their um, daily lives. And I'd like to share a few of the survey's findings with you, as well as some of the quotes from the respondents. It was a multiple-choice survey, but I also gave them space to freely write their own um, comments and opinions as well. Um, first, the survey did reinforce the idea and suggestion that it is women who are the key consumers of rice cookers in Japan. Um, it also appears that technology and new or changing technology is one of the key factors for women when deciding when to purchase the rice cooker or which rice cooker to purchase, not always just to replace a broken model, but also to just upgrade technology as well. The majority of the respondents believed the rice cooker had had an important impact on the everyday lives of Japanese women, and particularly they noted the time-saving technology that has developed over time. So the ability to cook rice without being constantly present, the ability to set a timer to cook rice, a timer in advance now as well, uh, also the ability to keep rice warm or reheat rice um, in order to enable family members to eat at different times of the day. Several respondents commented on rice as the staple or cultural food of Japan, with one even commenting that she felt the appliance had protected the Japanese food culture that is centred on rice, while another stated that, as a nation of rice eaters, rice cookers are absolutely indispensable for our lives. Although my survey questions did not directly ask about the role or ability of women to work, Certainly, there is a strong sense from the survey respondents that the appliance somehow played a key role in the ability of women to go out to work and at the same time easily produce an evening meal based around, the, based around rice. So in other words, the ability to go out to work but still keep their central role as the housewife or the producer of 
meal. One woman in her 50s said, quote, for my generation, rice cookers with the time setting, which you set in the morning and the rice was ready to eat in the evening, were available. So we set the, t- we set the timer in the morning and we could go out to work, unquote. Another commented that the number of working women is increasing. When we have to prepare breakfast in the early morning and dinner after work, using an electric rice cooker means the rice is ready to eat. I think this makes women more free. I think it gives them the ability to not only cook the rice, but breathe and face other things while cooking. Another respondent suggested, as rice cooking has become easier, I think women can work more easily. While another said, I think that rice cookers greatly contributed to women's freedom to work in our society, especially since the time of setting became available. Um, That's just a little bit of flavour from um, the survey that I incorporated into the chapter. So, um, to conclude, I hope that this paper has served to explore the history of a unique appliance that has remained as a key household item in Japan today, but I believe has been hitherto overlooked in the historiography. It's also hoped that this research has conveyed the idea that this modest appliance was one that in many ways helped to revolutionise the lives of the average Japanese woman. It's perhaps therefore only fitting um, to end by paying tribute to the original female consumer of this product. So let's return briefly to the story of Fumiko in the NHK documentary. Uh, One Japanese scholar who has researched the NHK Project X Challenger series itself has commented that women, if they feature at all in in this documentary series, were mostly shadowy, supportive figures in this documentary series commemorating the innovations of the post-war years. However, in many of these stories, and particularly in this story of of the rice cooker, Uh, Women and also small enterprises like uh, this family workshop were in fact key integral players in Japanese business and product (coughs) history and development. Um, Fumiko herself does not appear in the NHK program, um, although her children do. Uh, In fact, she died aged 45 in 1959, just as the rice cooker boom was hitting Japan. But not before receiving many letters while in hospital from housewives all over Japan who had bought the rice cooker saying how they were released from the hard work of daily rice cooking and how they now enjoyed more relaxing mornings and evenings. Her son, Chikashi, comments in the NHK program that, quote, leading manufacturers had failed to develop a successful electric rice cooker since the end of the Taisho era. I think the reason ours was so successful was because women and families participated in its development. Unquote. Certainly it would seem, uh, from the documentary at least and other quotes, that his mother's commitment to the project was remarkable. So I like to think that uh, she would uh, perhaps imp- like that this impact implicitly continues. As one of my survey respondents commented, it was a good experience to think about the rice cookers. I've never really thought about this appliance. I'm 34 years old, so electric rice cookers have always existed since I was born. I hadn't thought about how it helps to reduce time and effort, and or it's sorry, I hadn't thought about how it helps to reduce time and effort or its impact on women. Uh, Thank you for listening.